and welcome back to the Classy Chicks podcast. So today I am here with someone who I've known for a couple years now and who really inspires me with her dedication and devotion to to solely helping women and their children in everything that she does. So I'm here with Emily Burning, who's the founder and president of Let Them Live. So Emily, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, sure. Thanks, Savannah. Um, well, I'm really happy to be here. And my husband and I, we were just talking about this, but we live in Florida um, and we absolutely love it down in Florida. We're currently in Indiana right now for Thanksgiving. That's where all of Nathan's family is from. Um, and obviously I'm super pro-life. It's at the center of everything that I do. So if anybody asks me about who I am or what I do, it always comes back to that. But Nathan and I have been married for a little over four years and we have three dogs and we're hopefully soon growing our family we've been waiting to adopt. So, um, that's a little bit about what we've been doing, but in our spare time, we really just do let them live is like, takes up most of our time. But when we aren't doing that walks on the beach with our dogs, and that's also something that really like gives us joy, but let them live is, is our heart. So. Yeah. And we'll talk a little bit about this a little more later, maybe, but, uh, Emily and I both work pretty much, well, we both work in the pro-life movement and pretty much like remote. And we both actually moved to Florida from the Midwest ish area. So just kind of a funny thing, but before we get started, um, as we always do, we wanted to talk about our classy and trashy moments. So Emily, did you have a classy moment from this past week that you could think of um, you did, that you're maybe proud of, or like question. you felt classy? This has nothing to do with, um, let them live. Oh, it doesn't have to. It has, I got a pedicure and let me say like, literally, I think that especially in this movement, like self-care is really important. Like you have to take time for yourself. And to me, that was like super classy. It was so fun, like to get something done and to actually take time out of my work schedule, which is like really difficult for me to do something for myself. It was so needed. So I would definitely say that would be it. <laughs> oh, and I 100% agree with you. I could not agree more. First of all, whenever you get a pedicure, it just like makes you feel yeah. like clean. I don't even know how to describe it. She's like better, like, and like more confident, but second of all, yeah. I mean, we can talk about this more on the podcast later, but later, but I mean, for everyone who is involved in the pro-life movement or who knows anything about the pro-life movement, it's very like, we're dealing with the subject of abortion of literal killing every single day. And yeah. so in order to make that sustainable and to be able to keep up our work, we have to take care of ourselves. Like this is not yeah a quote unquote normal job where you just go to your computer and then are disconnected from your computer for the rest of your life. This is a job that is like in, like in the grains of your life. So it's important to just to keep self-care and self, like self-reflection, devotions, all that stuff to keep that, that in your life. But I like, I love that. Um, my classy moment is well, so basically I, I've been doing more dog sitting lately because I there's a lot of families down here that like travel a lot and I don't mind it. I don't have any pets down here. I don't really have many responsibilities. I don't, well, I have a ton of responsibilities, but I don't have a responsibility where I need to be at my house every day of the week. So I like to help uh, out families when they leave and dog sit. And my classy moment is just, I'm living in this like huge house by myself right now. And like taking care of it and realizing just like the, the little things that you need to do with a house versus an apartment 
and like taking care of the dogs. And I just, I, I feel like very much like an adult. So that's my classy moment. Love it. I love it. Love. Sometimes I like feeling like an adult other times. Sometimes. Not so much. And then sometimes I'm like, what am I doing? How am I still, <laughs> how am I still functioning? Yeah. Um, and what, what is a trashy moment? Um, I would say, and this is, it's probably just like a long-term trashy moment <laughs> that I'm trying to work on is I literally watch way too much TV. So, and it, it, it like interferes with things that I know that I should be doing, like my daily Bible study, which takes like 30 minutes. Why yeah. can't I sit down and do that? And I can watch like hours and hours of desperate housewives. I don't know. So like, <laughs> this is literally an ongoing struggle. And so last week I really, I kind of ended it today. I was like, you know what? I'm doing this, like no TV. I'm doing my Bible study, but all last week and the weeks before that, I just haven't been focusing the way I need to. And so I just, that kind of goes in with, I talked about like the self-care, like it's the same thing, like doing my Bible study is like self-care and I haven't been doing that. So I just really feel like that's impacts me. It impacts let them live. So I don't know if that's like trashy, but I feel yeah, like trash no. if I don't do Bible study. <laughs> no. And I mean, it's hard because you feel like you're like you, I feel like, at least for me, I feel like I'm winding down when I'm like watching TV, Yes, but at, at the same time, I'm just going from screen to screen. Like, is that really winding down, you know, going from my computer yeah. to the screen, but like actually doing a Bible study, sitting down, reading, uh, not having your eyes on the screen, like focusing that yeah that's awesome I need it one thing that I'm gonna be doing for the new year is I I am part of a girl's bible study down here but I don't go every week at all like I probably go once a month and so I'm trying to go more regularly because you know it's super important it's you know a foundation of what we do keeping God in the center of what we do is incredibly important 100% um my trashy moment is that I just really need to get my car detailed and it's getting really gross because I have people in my car all the time and everybody always leaves stuff in there and then I have to clean out my car and then put it back. And so I was just, I had to run an errand. I had to run and go get a charger for my computer because I left mine at my house and I was in my car and I was like, this is bad. I need to go. I take mine back. I also do the car. That's my car. <laughs> I have too many now. Yeah. The car's you know, gross. Like, well, I, you have more of an excuse than I do. I remember in the winter, my car would get so bad because I never wanted to clean it. So it was freezing outside. <laughs> so I never want to go outside, but anyway, that's our classy and trashy moment. So basically I just wanted to talk a little bit to you, Emily, about maybe just give us a story. Why did you start Let Them Live? When did you start Let Them Live? Because I feel like people don't realize how young of an organization it's just because it's so big and has grown so fast and then like why why did you start let them live and what keeps you going so maybe if you just want to talk a little bit about that yeah definitely well it's funny because a lot of people that are our donors or supporters when they guess my age sometimes they'll say oh you know a young woman like you and her you know a mid 30s or something they haven't met me but they kind of just and I'm like no actually I'm 27 and then they're like shocked because a like I'm pretty young in the grand scheme of things and be so is let them live, let them live. Like we certainly have a lot of followers on social media. We have a large team. We, you know, have a lot of donors who support us. We're helping a lot of moms and we are, our power, like what we're doing is mighty, but we are a new organization. We've been around for a little over than three and a, a little over three and a half years. So four years in March will be, um, sorry, I can't talk today. March will be four years as an official nonprofit. Um, and 
the story behind let them live is absolutely amazing. It also kind of coincides with Nathan's in my story, which is beautiful because together I was just reflecting on a Bible verse about be fruitful and multiply. And Nathan and I have struggled with infertility. And I always kind of took that, that passage as well, the only way you can be fruitful and multiply is by having children and getting pregnant. And I had a moment today where I realized that Nathan's in my love story, um, may not result in our own biological children, but we have together been fruitful and multiplied with the moms and our gifts and how many babies have been born. And so it just made me reflect on that because our story with let them live is Nathan's and my story too. So after I graduated college, which is when I really started becoming pro-life, I met Nathan and he and everyone else knew me as like pro-life Emily. And I met him in the conservative movement. And I would say that he was like soft pro-life, um, probably wasn't his issue, but he was, you know, kind of pro-life ish. And, um, I feel like anybody who comes into contact with me pretty much has to have some sort of decision on abortion. Like you have to have a solidified, (laughs) of course, you know, he, he becomes more and more and more pro-life. And he suggested to me, um, I was kind of, I was doing a job, a political consulting job and I didn't really like it. I wasn't really happy. And he just said, why don't you start a nonprofit? You know, why don't you do it? And that really came to, as a shock to me because I never thought about doing something on my own. I always thought about working for someone else. And I never thought that I could do that in the pro-life movement, which is really what I'm passionate about. So he really encouraged me. And it first started out as him helping me with my project. And now he's the CEO and he is just as involved, if not more than I am as well. So he has been roped into this. Um, but it's funny because the let them live story really started with Nathan. Um, we started let them live. It was a very like generic nonprofit. We just were pro-life, but we didn't know like what we would do or what area we would serve. And there were two things. I remember when we were starting, let them live. I really fought against it. I was just knowing that God was calling me to it, but feeling the pressure of being called was a lot. And I just felt like I didn't want to do it. I kept telling God, like, give this to someone else. Someone else is going to do this. And then I was reminded that I was born for, for this time, for this reason. And I remember having a conversation with God and I said, okay, fine. Like let them live. Well, I'll do let them live, but there's two things that I don't want to do. I don't want to have let them live, be in the crisis pregnancy intervention area of the pro-life movement. Cause I don't think they'll be good at it. And I don't want to fundraise. I don't want to have to fundraise all the time. And it's funny. Cause those are literally the two things that let them live does. We fundraise to support women in crisis pregnancies. And so the moral there is that you, it's just a beautiful thing because you start your own, you, you, you have your own like idea of what's going to happen. And God's like, yeah, right. Um, but let them live a couple months after we got married. Nathan was on Facebook. It was late at night and he was scrolling on a pro-life Facebook page and he saw this comment and a woman was asking for advice because her cousin had an abortion scheduled and she just wanted to help talk her cousin out of it. So Nathan reached out to her and the most important question that he asked is really what helped let them live to become what it is today. And that's why does she have an abortion scheduled? Like, we need to know a little bit more about the reason that she's going to get that abortion so that we can figure out how to help her. And when asked that, it turns out she lost her job. She was evicted. She was living in her car. It was freezing. It's like December. And she just has no idea how she's going to bring a child into that. She owes back rent. There's just a lot of stuff piling up. And that really helped us to hone in on how we could help her. 
So after a lot of like back and forth, Nathan just said like, okay, what is it going to take? Like, what can we do to help her choose life? And she just really needed that back rent paid and she needed to have a roof over her head, which is understandable. That's something very simple that a lot of us might take for granted. So we didn't have a lot of money, but we gave her everything we had in our bank account. And we just trusted, we just trusted that this was going to help this mom choose life. And it did. She canceled her abortion. She sent us her ultrasound. We got her back into her apartment and she became the first let them live mom. And we were the first let them live donors. We were the first let them live pregnancy counselors before we even knew what let them live was this really happened. And that's when the light bulb kind of went off for us that this is probably a a bigger issue, this issue of finances. So we looked into it and Guttmacher Institute says 73% of women have abortions because of financial burden in the U S and that statistic really shocked me because that's a really huge number. And we just showed this one mom that there was something that could be done about it. So we just immediately jumped into action. We started talking to our friends and our family, started building our social media more. And little by little, one by one, we grew our donor base. Um, We grew our following. And here we are. We're about three and a half years in. We've helped over 500 moms choose life. Right. And that's 500 lives saved, like that we know of right there. No, that your story is just so beautiful. And I've actually, I actually interviewed, did I? Yes. I am interviewed Emily on a podcast about a year or two years ago for uh, Illinois right to life, which I worked for in Illinois, but, and so I, I, and I also worked for let them live like two or three years ago, right Mm -hmm. at the beginning. So I, I know this story, but every time, every time you say that story, I just think of how anyone could do what you did at that beginning. You know, anyone, we all have the ability to help, help moms in crisis pregnancies because of what you said, 73% of women, of women who want, think they need abortion. It's because of financial need, which is just crazy. You know, we can help in that way. And so, so you started, let them live and you guys were, you know, quote unquote, the first donors. And how has it developed from there? It's been crazy. I mean, never in a million years did I think that we would be, I'd be here today telling you that we've raised so much money to support moms. We've developed like a really large donor base. Like I never thought I could tell you that we'd have our blue check mark verification on, you know, Instagram. Like I just never thought that let them live would be here considering how young it is and how new it is. But this just shows the power of the pro-life movement. It shows that when you can bring together people that are pro-life and they may not know what to do about it, but then you give them something tangible that they can do like donating to help a woman choose life. Um, And then you can see the fruits of your donation. You can see that money going to work to pay her bills. You can see her choosing life. You get to see her when uh, her baby, when her baby's born, it really shows the impact of what can happen when we all come together. And to be honest, like I'm, I'm just still in awe. We have like 75 staff members and over 200 volunteers. And whenever we have like a big conference call and we're having our big event in May, when we have everyone together, I know it's just going to hit me in the moment that like, wow, this is something we created, right? Our love, Nathan and I, like we created this, we put everything we had into this and we did it with God, like God led us. So it's not just us, but it is amazing because I just am always in awe of how God can use anybody, anybody like pro-life Emily from Colorado, Nathan (laughs) from Indiana, like he can literally use anybody, but what you have to do is you just have to trust and you have to just 
you have to take that leap of faith because if we hadn't taken that leap of faith, if I had just backed out and done something else with my life, let them live, the moms, the babies, like none of this would have happened. And there were, and always will be, and still are really difficult times, but it, it's all so worth it. Like 100%. Right. Right. You have to trust. And like, like you say, and like you show by example, you have to work, like you have to, you have to do something. It's not enough, especially now, especially now. And we'll talk a little bit more about this, but now that Roe v. Wade has been overturned, it's not enough to just be like, okay, you know, like I'm pro-life. I feel like a couple of years ago, you know, it was just like, we just thought, I mean, we, it, it wasn't true. Like there were still many, many lives being killed, but a couple of years ago, we just thought like, okay, like it's enough to just like say our beliefs and it's good to say our beliefs. It's a good first step. But if we actually believe there are over 2000 lives being killed every day in the United States, like that's not enough. We have to, every single person has the responsibility to do something, yeah, to do something. And, and whether that's joining the pro-life movement full-time, like, you know, we do or donating, like they're both the, the, the opposite sides of the same coin. Like they're both needed for this mission. So whatever it is, volunteering, working, giving, like we have to, we are all called to something. Yeah, no, exactly. And so, I mean, and I actually, I don't know this, but I'm sure that that you have like stories, but after Roe v. Wade, how has Let Them Live changed or like, what have you guys seen? This is a great question. And I'm one that I'm really glad to talk about because I think that a lot of pro-lifers kind of saw Roe v. Wade as like the, the summit of the peak, right? Like we've made it, we're done. And I can, I can understand why some people, especially kind of like older generation sees that because that was like the one thing that was kind of hyped up in the pro-life movement, Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade. So when it's overturned, of course, it's like, awesome, we're done. But that could, that can be further from the truth. What we're seeing now is an increase in women that are coming to us for help. A lot of them in California, Michigan, New York, states that allow abortion still. Roe v. Wade didn't outlaw abortion, didn't get rid of abortion, didn't eradicate it. It just gave the power back to the states to decide for themselves. Unfortunately, there's so many states that still allow abortion. And not only that, but there's organizations that fund, raise money, just like Let Them Live does, but they use that to fund abortions and fund travel for abortions. So women that are, let's say in Mississippi, they can apply for funding through the National Abortion Federation to get to fly to um, New York or to, to go somewhere else to get an abortion, to travel. There is also um, the internet. Women are ordering abortion pills online. They're getting delivered to their home. So honestly, it's really sad to say, but it feels like babies and women are still not safe from abortion. And so let them live. We are just really honing in on areas that we know that women are going to need us because we're here for this, the women that are like absolutely going to have that abortion and they really need help to choose life, especially with that financial piece. Like that's where we fit in. So we're honing in on those areas and where those, those women are and, um, continuing our focus, even in places where we don't think abortions might be happening because they might actually still be happening behind closed doors. So, um, it's just important for not only let them live, but the entire pro-life movement to just keep pushing forward and realize that we are not done yet. Like now is not the time to take a break. Now is the time to just keep going, whether that's with legislation, whether that's with supporting women in crisis pregnancies, like whatever it is, like we cannot let up right now. Oh, 100%. No, I, I agree with ev- everything you said. And it's, 
it's such an exciting time in the pro-life movement. Really, the past two years have just been such an exciting time because there's been so many changes in legislation, in laws, on the legal side of it. But um, it, you know, it it's the fact still remains that there are women in need. Like that's that's the that's the heart of this whole ministry and whether there are laws that make abortion legal or illegal there still will be women in crisis pregnancies in need who we want to help so for the young women listening and I know you know if I was listening to this maybe like three or four years ago I'd be like well like I can't donate financially what can I do to help like what can I do to help these women yeah that's a really great question too there's so many ways and let them live when we started Let Them Live, this was not our intention was to necessarily provide a way. Like we didn't think about it this way. We were just thinking about these moms. We weren't thinking about Let Them Live being a way for pro-life people who say they're pro-life to get involved if they don't know how, but that's where we are. So we have wonderful internship opportunities, which um, can be found online at our website, letthemlive.org. Um, I believe we're still looking for some or spring interns. I could be okay. wrong. I don't know all the deadlines, but our <laughs> spring internship that's an amazing opportunity to work very closely behind the scenes and to get um, some like real world experience at a nonprofit. And really we look for people who are just passionate. And if there's a specific area that you're interested in, like maybe you're really good at graphic design, you know, maybe you're really interested in fundraising. Like there's areas of let them live that can like accommodate that. So internships are amazing. Volunteer positions are amazing. There's lots of volunteer opportunities and we also hire from our volunteer and internship pools. So um, that's a really great way to just get an in. And if you're thinking that you might end up working um, in the pro-life movement someday, this is a really great way to start. Um, and there's also other ways like spreading the news to your, if you're part of a church, you know, your church can adopt a mom, which is sponsorship of a mom. So there's lots of creative ways. Um, if you yourself are not able to donate, you can also start an I Fund Life campaign. Um, and this all started because of the realization that there are organizations that fund abortion. So why can't we fund life? So well, fund life is a project that. of let them live. And it's kind of like GoFundMe. You can go onto ifundlife.org and create a campaign, wow. kind of like what you do for like a Facebook birthday fundraiser, but you can set your goal. You can share it with your friends and family. So you can still raise money for let them live without having to donate yourself if you're not able to. So, wow. So it's called I fund life and yeah. it's, this is new, right? This is a yeah. new, yep. new we just recently launched this. Um, and it's just that. a new campaign because really we're trying to focus the pro-life movement around funding life. So I fund life.org and that's a project of let them live. I love that. No, that's awesome. And I, I mean, from personal experience, I didn't, I didn't intern with let them live, but I love internships and an internship is the way that I started my career in the pro-life movement it was an internship with Illinois Right to Life. And honestly, internships are so amazing because you, I feel like a lot of, a lot of people, maybe it was just me, but I think, I feel like a lot of girls, you know, we, if we're really pro-life and passionate about it, want to do, want to do something about it. We come in thinking, okay, like I, I know everything, like, how am I going to help here? You know? And then you see all these people who've been working for all these years and all the different things they're good at and all the different ways they do things. And you're just like, oh my gosh, there's so much more to this than what I knew. Mm -hmm. And so internships are really beautiful because you can see so many different, like the fundraising side, the communication side, the social media side, so many different sides of the organization and then which one you fit the best in. So yeah, for any any young women or 
men, right? Looking for, you know, looking for an internship. I feel like I just, I, I default to women on this podcast, but when I look at the demographics, actually there's quite a bunch of guys listening. So I'm talking to you guys too, but, um, definitely look into let them lives internship. And then last thing I kind of wanted to talk about Emily. So you start, I mean, when, how old were you when you started let them live? 23, 23, 23. So you started as like a, like a, really young adult right out of college yeah literally what was your your life like being you know (laughs) being no I just you know what I mean what was your life like being a young woman and like starting this huge pro-life organization like did you get a bunch of backlash for people like you need to be focusing on like different things in your career like what was it like did you have friends who were supportive yeah it was crazy because I was really when I graduated college when I was 22 I felt like I was kind of lost. Like I had my whole life planned out for me. And then I decided to do pro-life activism. So I thought I was going to be a veterinarian, got my degree in biology, graduated. And I kind of was like, what's next? Um, I went to work for the leadership Institute and that's where I met Nathan. And when we started, let them live, I had also been toying with the idea of going to medical school to be an OBGYN. And I thought, okay, well, I'll just do both clearly God had different plans, but, um, 10 days before our wedding, um, I took the MCATs. So I really was serious about doing medical school. Uh And I eventually realized that honestly, that just was not, that was just not for me. I needed to spend my entire life. Like it was very clear as day that I needed to spend my entire life doing, let them live. Like this is what I was called to do. So it's interesting looking back because I see girls who are or young women who are 22, 23 right now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, they're so young. And I'm thinking to myself, that's how old I was when we started, let them live. And that's how old I was when we got married. Like I felt like I just grew up real fast right outside of college. And honestly, yeah, it was super scary not knowing what was next, but just 100% guaranteed when you ask God, like, what am I supposed to do? He will show you. Like you just have to rely on that. And it all went by in a blur. And that's probably the saddest part is I'm 27. I'll be 28 in March. And I don't know where this time went. I really don't. (laughs) Um, It all just flew by. I don't know how let them live has been a nonprofit for almost four years. Like it totally flew by. Um, But I was very blessed to have met Nathan at the exact time that I did because all of this time has been with him. So my identity, you know, as an adult has been based in let them live. Nathan and our life together. And it's honestly just the best thing ever. So yeah, that's so beautiful. And you know, when you look back and I'm, I'm not going to, in the past two podcast episodes, I have talked about this whole passion and purpose and where your passion comes or where your purpose comes from. And so I'm not going to go through that again, but you know, when you have your purpose from, from God and from what God wants you to do, you can just tell, you can tell by the way you're talking and uh-huh. by how happy you are. And you know, there's, there's a lot of things out there right now that I'm seeing, which is just like your twenties are like, your twenties are meant to be wasted. Like your twenties are meant you're like, you're meant to just kind of like party them away. And just like, like, you don't actually have to figure out what's going on, what you're going to do with your life until you're 30. And in a way it's like, okay, like maybe there've been too much pressure pushed on young people to figure out what they're doing when they're like 17. But this doesn't mean that you can spend a decade of your life doing nothing like we don't know how much time we're going to have on this earth and when you look back at your 20s it's not going to be going out and drinking every Friday Saturday Sunday night and then like being hungover for a week it's going to be 
I started this national organization that has helped this many babies. And now I still stay in contact. Like that's just amazing. And but so yeah, I- my advice would be to not waste, don't waste your twenties. Don't waste the time. Spend your time. If you really don't know what you're supposed to do, spend it like in prayer, spend it like asking God what just show him, like to have him show you what you're supposed to do, because these are the best years. They really are. And yeah, sometimes I wonder how I got to like 27. I'm like, am I really old enough to be doing adult life? Like what? No, if I really fast, but don't look back and regret it. You know, you, you have to use this time that you have. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, do you, do you regret not, not maybe spending years more like relaxed and more like, uh, I don't know, more like a regular 20 year old, you know, just hanging out with (laughs) friends. Do you regret that? Like what, like, what would you do differently if you could go back and talk to your 16-year-old That's a great question. It's always hard to look back. You know, it's always hard to look back. Nathan and I got married when I was 23 and I absolutely love that. Um, I think that I was just in such a different place than a lot of other people were at that point. If I could go back, I think I would just spend more time. I would just tell myself to slow down. I think I would just spend more time with family and with friends. Um, starting let them live required so much of me and, um, I wouldn't take that back, but at the same time, I would have also like given myself a chance to not get burnt out so quickly. Mm. And that's a lesson I'm learning now. And I am taking the time I need, but I think that if I could have enjoyed the last four years a little bit more and just realize that, you know, working 90 hours a week, isn't always necessarily the best thing to do. You know, it's, it's, you need to take time for family and friends and to enjoy the little things in life. So that is probably something that I would say that I regret and that I've learned from. And so now I do take time for the little things I put work away. I spend time with my nephew, you know, I do those things because I know that someday I won't be able to, and I work, I I've learned that just as, just as hard as you work, you also need to, to take the time away. So do you have any advice for that? Like for people who just kind of feel like they can't like, you know, like, like, I don't have time. I don't know if it's necessary. You know, what, what has helped you? What like made, was there like a switch that clicked in your brain where you were like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I think, I think even now, sometimes if I get like really, um, if I, if I end up doing too much work, that's like on the back end of things, I kind of forget I forget the reason that I'm doing this, you know, and I look at the babies. I look at the pictures of them. I look at the videos. I look at their moms. I look at their ultrasounds and I am brought back to why do I do this? And I do it for someone else. And so if you're ever feeling like you don't know what to do, or you don't know why, or, you know, you, you just don't see the purpose, like doing something for someone else, in my opinion, is so much more fulfilling than doing something for yourself. And so I always remind myself of who I'm doing this for. And it's not just the mothers, it's their babies too. And when I realize that there's a reason that I'm here, I'm also reminded of my favorite Bible verse, which is Esther 414. Perhaps you were born for such a time as this Mm -hmm. and no one else can do what you were called to do. No one else can do the job that you are supposed to do. And so remind yourself of why you're fighting, who you're fighting for. And it brings you right back into that and just like reignites that passion. I love that. That was so beautiful. That's a beautiful note to end on. Um, thank you so much for being on, Emily. And, you know, where can people find you on social media and let them live? 
Yeah. So I'm just Emily burning. Um, and that's B E R N I N G. So Emily burning at Emily burning and then let them live is at let them live org. You can find us on all the social media platforms and then online as well. Let them live.org. Yeah. And Emily has been doing some really amazing and I, I wish more, and I want to do this if I get my life together enough to do this, but, um, I wish more people in the pro-life movement would do this. Emily's been doing some like day in the life videos, which, which reminds me, I need to actually do that today. So <laughs> but I know I always say, Oh, I'm going to do this tomorrow. And then I'm like, I remember to film anything till noon, but anyway, um, it just show, it just gives you like a backend perspective of what, like, you know, some of my friends, they're like, they know that I work in the pro-life movement. They've known that for like four years. They have no clue what I do every day, you know? So people don't know. And so it's just such a good, such a cool thing to see. Like, oh, this is what she actually does. This is how this stuff actually gets done. It's not like it just happens, you know? So definitely follow Emily and definitely um, let us know if you have any questions or comments on the podcast. You can leave it. You can leave it in the comments on the podcast app. Um, And yeah. Thank you so much for being on, Emily. I really loved talking to you as always. And to my listeners, I will see you again next Monday.